Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People Story. I am your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing Operation Shield and Arrow, the ceasefire, Jerusalem Day, and the history of the Gaza conflict. How the Recent War Began The crisis between the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terror group, also known as PIJ, and the Israel Defense Forces started with the death of Qadar Adnan. Adnan, who was a former spokesperson for the PIJ, an inciter of violence against Israeli citizens, recently died on May 2nd from an 87-day hunger strike in an Israeli prison. According to reports, he was the first Palestinian to die due to a hunger strike since 1992. Palestinian television news reports show Adnan's wife pleading on TV for the PIJ terror group not to respond to her husband's death against Israel with force. Her urgent words were not heeded. Palestinian Islamic Jihad Response Due to the death of Qadar Adnan, the Islamic Jihad terror group blamed Israel for killing him and launched 104 rockets toward the state of Israel in a span of 24 hours on May 2nd. Several rockets struck the southern city of Stirot during the clash, injuring three workers and damaging homes and cars. Israel's Response to the Rockets According to a Jerusalem Post report, the Israel Defense Forces struck 16 Hamas targets in an overnight response to the more than 100 rockets, mostly on Hamas positions. Even though Palestinian Islamic Jihad might have been responsible for the attack, the IDF holds Hamas responsible for terror emanating from Gaza, which is under its control. Most of the Israeli strikes in Gaza focus on Hamas's armament capabilities, including weapons factories, operational headquarters for its naval forces, underground tunnels, and other similar sites with indications that only one Hamas member was killed. Critics of Israel's Response The Israeli government's response to the latest round of violence from the Gaza Strip was met with harsh criticism by Israeli citizens and a number of right-wing politicians. According to a Times of Israel report, dozens of people were protesting at the entrance to the southern city of Stirot, calling on the government to take stronger action after more than a hundred rockets were fired at Israel from the Gaza Strip. Protesters were blocking the road and chanting slogans against the government. Organizers were saying, and I quote, the fate of Stirot should be like the fate of Tel Aviv. If more than a hundred rockets were launched at Tel Aviv, the government would have reacted differently. The government we elected did not react appropriately, the statement said, expressing disappointment with the right-wing coalition. Political party Otsma Yehudit, led by National Security Minister Itabar Ben-Gavir, 
boycotted a cabinet meeting and was threatening to boycott votes or even quit the government over its displeasure with the handling of several security issues. In a statement by the far-right party member, M.K. Zvika Vogel said, We have no reason to stay in this government if we can't influence its policy. End quote. Operation Shield and Arrow This operation was launched in the early morning hours of Tuesday, May 9th, when the IDF assassinated three senior members of the Islamic Jihad terror group, killing at least 13 people. This attack consisted of targeted assassinations through advanced military intelligence, state-of-the-art technology, and detailed on-the-ground information. Those leaders who were killed by Israeli forces were in charge of terrorist operations, directing terror attacks, targeting Israeli civilians, and obtaining money transfers for their organizations. According to the Jerusalem Post, the three PIJ senior commanders were all killed almost simultaneously, within minutes of each other, by a mix of around 40 aircraft and drones. The wives and some of the children of these three senior terrorists were killed in the strikes as well. The operation that came a week after Gazan terrorists fired 104 rockets at Israel surprised both Gazans and Israeli citizens. IDF Southern Command Head Major General Eliezer Tolando said, It was important to us to start the operation with complete surprise in the middle of peacetime because against terror organizations that use their citizens and families as human shields, it is necessary to operate using clever tactics. The Conflict Operation Shield and Arrow and the conflict with Palestinian Islamic Jihad continued for five days. According to the Jerusalem Post, from May 9th to May 13th, Islamic Jihad fired 1,478 rockets and mortars on Israel, while the IDF hit the terror group 422 times. The Iron Dome missile defense system shot down around 95% of Islamic Jihad rockets that threatened Israelis, with over 430 shootdowns. In addition, 20% of Islamic Jihad rockets landed in Gaza, killing three Gazans and wounding dozens. The IDF also killed six senior Islamic Jihad leaders, including three, to start the conflict around 2 a.m. on May 9th. Besides the six senior Islamic Jihad officials killed, another 15 more junior terrorists were killed by IDF attacks. Another key aspect of the IDF strategy was successfully keeping Hamas out of the conflict. Israel and the PIJ agreed to an Egyptian-mediated ceasefire that ended the fighting on Saturday night. Casualties of War in Israel During the five-day conflict, there were two casualties in Israel. A rocket struck the home of 82-year-old Inga Avramyam. The direct hit blew a massive hole into the Avramyam's apartment on the third story of a building in Rehovot, a city of 150,000 people, some 27 miles north of Gaza, 
raining rubble on the street below. While aiding her paralyzed husband to a bomb shelter, the rocket took her life while saving her husband, Sergei, who miraculously escaped lightly injured in the attack. The couple had immigrated from Armenia to Israel 30 years ago. Their grandson said, I don't know what my grandfather will do without her. He communicated only with her. She was his whole life. There was a love between them that you don't see every day, he said. In the closing hours of the conflict on Saturday that lasted five days, Abdullah Abu Jaba, age 34, and his brother Hamad, age 39, were caught in a blast when the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terror group fired missiles at Israel. They were both from the Gaza Strip, but had permits to work in Israel. Abdullah Abu Jaba was tragically killed by the rocket fired, and his brother Hamad was seriously injured at an agricultural building site near the southern border town of Shokeda. Abdullah was married and had six children, aged 11, 9, 7, 5, 3, and a baby girl, Channel 12 reported. Israeli authorities announced Sunday that Abdullah Abu Jaba will be recognized by the State of Israel as a victim of terror. The defense minister and the National Insurance Institute approved the measure, which will entitle the family of Abdullah Abu Jaba to state benefits consisting of payments to his widow and six children. A Brief History of the Gaza Conflict In order to have a proper understanding of the recent Operation Shield and Arrow conflict, we have to turn back the pages of history to see what took place in this very same region in both ancient and modern times. The history of Gaza reaches back to biblical times when the Philistines, Israel's archenemy, occupied the land. The Philistines are described in the Hebrew Bible as being in constant struggle with Israel. Although the people have changed millennia later, the current struggle stems from the year 2005 when thousands of Jewish Israeli citizens were forcibly removed by the Israeli Defense Forces from their homes in Gush Katif in the Gaza Strip. The evacuation of all Israeli troops and Israeli citizens from the Gaza Strip was a unilateral quote-unquote disengagement plan ordered by then Prime Minister Ariel Sharon at the urging of President George W. Bush. The Israeli pullout from Gaza began in August of 2005 and was completed by September 2005, with the dismantling of 21 Israeli settlements and the evacuation of 8,600 Israeli settlers from inside the Gaza Strip. The area where these settlers had lived for nearly 40 years since 1967 was one of the most fruitful and beautiful places in all of Israel, located on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. After weeping, Israeli Jewish mothers were escorted from their kitchens by teenage Israeli soldiers. The army bulldozed the emptied homes. Many Israelis today believe all they got for their troubles were more rockets. Gaza today is governed by the Islamist terrorist organization Hamas. Since the 2005 pullout from Gaza, 
there have been several major wars. To name just a few, Operation Cast Lead in 2008 to 2009, Operation Pillar of Defense in 2012, Operation Protective Edge in 2014, Operation Guardian of the Walls in 2021, and the most recent one, Operation Shield and Arrow, 2023. The disengagement plan of 2005 remains a subject of soul-searching and finger-pointing here in Israel. The Gaza withdrawal highlighted the deep ideological divide between Israel's national religious movement, whose members believe that Jewish people should live on all the land of Israel, and more secular political forces who saw the 21 settlements in Gaza as a security threat. The pullout was a devastating event that tore the country from within, and many Israeli citizens and Knesset members have not forgotten the anguish of that experience that left a bitter taste in their mouths and lingers even to this day. The man who was at the forefront of the opposition of this disengagement plan of Israeli citizens was Itamar Ben-Gavir. In 2005, Ben-Gavir was a leader of the anti-Pola group that barricaded itself inside a hotel in Gush Katif and was banished from Gaza under the IDF Southern Command Company Major General. Today, Itamar Ben-Gavir is an Israeli lawyer and politician who since 2019 has led the far-right party called Otzma Yehudit. He currently serves as Israel's Minister of National Security. The Otzma Yehudit party is comprised of followers of the late Rabbi Meir Kahani. Meir Kahani was an American-born Israeli ordained Orthodox rabbi, writer, and ultra-nationalist politician who served one term in Israel's Knesset before being convicted of acts of terrorism. According to the Times of Israel, today's far-right ministers reject the 2005 disengagement plan, stressing an option to reconquer territory. Finance Minister Bitzalel Smotrich recently called for Israel's eventual reconquering of the Gaza Strip as a solution to repeated clashes with Palestinian terror groups in the territory. The Jerusalem Day March As Israel prepares for Jerusalem Day on Thursday, May 18th, which celebrates the reunification of Jerusalem in 1967, the country braces for what lies next. Two years ago, in May of 2021, the Jerusalem Day March was the catalyst for an 11-day conflict with the terrorist group Hamas when they used it to launch over 4,000 rockets into Israel. In an article by Joel Rosenberg in All News Israel, he states, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on Monday that the traditional flag march on Jerusalem Day, which is usually joined by tens and thousands of marchers, mostly from Israel's national religious community, will be allowed to pass through the Old City's Muslim quarter in Jerusalem. The flag march will continue as planned, as usual, on its route, Netanyahu said during a meeting with his Likud political party. Far-right minister Itamar Ben-Gavir and Bitzalel Smoltrich are reportedly expected 
to join the nationalist march through the old city of Jerusalem. Israel is expected to deploy more than 2,000 police officers to protect marchers and keep the peace during the procession, which has been the source of tensions each year. Tensions this year are expected to be higher than usual due to the recently established ceasefire between Israel and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad faction. Several Palestinian factions have already threatened that they will attack Israel on Jerusalem Day, according to Arab media, which reported on Monday that the factions were threatening a new quote-unquote powerful campaign. As millions of believers in Messiah around the world are fasting and praying for Israel as a part of the Isaiah 62, 21-day fast for the land of Israel, we can collectively pray for Jerusalem Day on May 18th and 19th. How long will this cycle of violence continue? Here in the Middle East, the culture of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and the strong horse doctrine are a part of everyday life. When will the wars end? When will we beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks? The late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, If we do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we will be a blind and toothless nation. In all wars, there are no winners and losers, just pain, death, and loss of family. May the God of Israel give us peace that is found only in one person, Yeshua the Messiah. Peace will not come to us through our elected officials, whether they be Itamar Ben-Gavir, Bibi Netanyahu, Bitzalel Smoltrich, Benny Gantz, or Yair Lapid. The people of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah to return to Israel for thousands of years. It was in this land that he was born, grew up, learned obedience to God, and was crucified and resurrected in Jerusalem. And it is this land where he will return. The prophet Micah writes about a day when there will be no more war. The book of Micah chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 say, And it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and the peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us about his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion will go forth the Torah, even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between many peoples and render decisions for mighty distant nations. Then they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they train for war. Each of them will sit under his vine and under his fig tree, with no one to make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, 
land people story when I will bring you more news from the land. See you soon. <laughs>